Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Property Roundup here on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon. I'm delighted to be joined by my co-host, Emmett Creighton, Client Partnership Director with DAP.ie and today we're coming to you from the offices of Keenan Auctioneers in Kingscourt, County Cavan. And joining us to talk about the local property market here is estate agent, Donald Keenan. Donald, thank you so much and thank you for welcoming us um, into your offices today. I've already started by admiring your office. You've got a Beautiful layout, very inspiring, um, with lots of key messages for home buyers and home sellers. But sometimes that positivity doesn't translate into action on the ground when people are looking to buy and sell. So tell us a little bit about the local marketplace here at Cross County Cabin. Uh, yeah, Carol, well, thanks for coming down here today. A pleasure to meet you both. I'm delighted to have you here uh, in our little neck of the woods. Um, yeah, look, Kingscourt, a uh, busy little town, uh, population of being around 3,600, 4,000 people, still commutable distance to Dublin. So, look, we get all sorts, but I suppose the primary, a lot of first home buyers uh, really, um, maybe maybe they've been renting in, in Lavin or Virginia or Caribou Cross, and it's just gotten really expensive there, and they can't afford those, those areas, so they have traditionally it traditionally has been a bit more there's been a bit more value here i suppose for a semi-d in kingsford so they're starting to get priced out in, in you know nav is a perfect example like mm-hmm. um, um and you know it's about 25 minutes down the road here so we do get a lot of people you know from that direction and trim as well and you know age-wise we're probably talking about yeah you know late 20s to anywhere to the to early 40s i suppose um they're just they're getting a bit more space here in terms of backyard space. What kind of budgets though are your first-time buyers presenting with? Well, mo- you know, your, your three-bed semi-Ds are sort of going anywhere between 235, 245, 255 for, for a good one. So, you know, that's they're coming equipped with, you know, mortgage approved up to in around that plus, plus whatever the deposit is. In terms of the profile of buyers, has that changed since COVID? Because here in King's Court, while it feels accessible it maybe wasn't accessible for people who were commuting anywhere in dublin uh, five days a week whereas actually if you're only doing that two days a week yeah. it's very commutable particularly with the new road infrastructure and everything so has that changed the buyers you're seeing coming through your doors? it has yeah and very quickly very quickly started to change you had your you know your, your paypals and your facebook employees and um, realizing that they're going to work from home for, for quite a for quite a, a bit of the week and um, so yeah we you know sold a lot of paypal sticks out as one in particular you know sold some several houses people there who discovered they now they could have hybrid working so to yeah. speak um, and to be, to be honest you know the stretch from here to dublin it's not that bad it's it's you know it's 20 20 minutes now and then you're on to the m3 or m3 up, up to dublin Donald, i think it's a, a really good segue into understanding how do you attract like people who are maybe working in paypal in google and facebook to this part of the country as you said they're looking in navin they're looking in these major towns but like something i wanted to bring up with you guys is like your visibility from a daft perspective at what we record is off the charts you've had 16 million impressions wow. in the last 12 months and your nearest competitor um who has twice the amount of stock of you guys but they're established a lot longer mm-hmm. has only half of that and I, i'm eager to understand how you do this, and also, is that the reason that people can actually find you and find the properties you're yeah. selling? Well, look, it's great to hear that because I didn't know that about the impression. So yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and, and we correlated that back to, to growth. Right. I mean, we're seeing the growth in your business, but we're also seeing it with other agencies that have this amount of visibility. And now you have a professional marketer on yeah. your, and Carol, 
I lived it through your office. It's very professional. Yeah. It's all set out to win instructions. I I assume. Yeah. 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 Um. Look, look. Delighted to hear that because sometimes you do feel like you're spinning the wheels and that like you're going backwards or forwards. And mm. um, I suppose from the get go, um, you know, when I sort of came back into the the, the property business, um, yes. It's about selling and yes it's about meeting people and we love all that and you know sales is probably in the blood for going back generations i suppose but um what do i get a kick out of what did the team get a kick out of well what we get a kick out of is we certainly get a kick out of video marketing and so from the very start it was something i was tinkering away at now not very not very well in the beginning and brought emma o'reilly on board he's now a qualified agent and emma is 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 a fantastic uh um, marketer i suppose Mm. Lots of skills in that department, and, and the two of us working together, I suppose, you know, just started small from from you know microphone choice to, to camera choice to how do you show the outlines of a property digitally on a video that you know other people weren't doing. So we spend a lot of time working on, on videos, long form videos, uh, sort of trending Instagram, social media type videos, TikTok videos. Uh, and, and pushing them out so it's not just doing them and that they're not being seen so then we would push them out on all platforms available including daft.ie and thankfully daft has that feature you know um, where you can upload your video because we have always made a lot of use of that that you know links into youtube and it's playing the video because when photos are brand sometimes video gives even better idea mm-hmm. of the property than photos so we've always made use of that um, and then we push it all out on youtube and instagram TikTok. LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, not Facebook, probably not as much reach now with Facebook as they used to be, but Facebook as well, and I think there's probably one or two out there I'm missing. <laughs> Bebo was still going, we'll be doing that too. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so it's, it's kind of, am I correct in thinking it's like, it's a double, it serves a double purpose. It promotes the property that you're doing for your clients, so yeah. it's your USB and you're driving that. But at the same time, it's increasing your profile. Huge, yeah. from our point of view, like, yeah. you're so visible, like if you're thinking of selling, in this area, you'd be thinking of you guys. I think so, and that has been feedback. And the videos locally, look, locally videos, the videos get a lot of local attention and mm. get calls. You know, people, when we put up a coming soon video, which is like a 20 second video, about a day after we've been here, there might be a little bit of drone footage in it, plus, you know, vertical camera footage going through. And, um, you know, if that the minute that was up, we will get calls on the basis of that coming soon video alone before it hits staff. And, you know, that's always exciting to us because it means, well, watching you know and um, and but it's not just that we put so much work into that then it's important that i suppose that is amplified and so from the early days when facebook got a lot of reach you know we would boost ads and you know not as much now but you know we boost ads on tiktok then thankfully daft came in with their advantage ad and package now to me it made perfect sense more visibility through an advantage ad which has the photos and has the video and um, so look i i was pretty um and we are you, you're a large user of them like i, I was yeah, looking yeah. at statistics before today and like you a lot of your properties are prominent on the search listings and your branding is all over them and what we're saying is you get more views you get more uh, inquiries and we did interestingly we did a wide-ranging survey of property buyers and sellers in the market and 47% of all property buyers are also selling a property. Yeah. So if you're getting twice as many leads to a property, half of them are selling leads. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully you win that instruction. Right? Well, yeah, and I look, it's, it's something that has become just in terms of trends in the last year, like 
my, my sister Lisa Keenan is also a qualified agent in the business more focused on land sales and, and mark the mark business um, but you know she would have seen back in pre-boom pre, pre-crash days you know there would have been a lot of chain sales and we would be a little bit have been a little bit adverse to even going near anything like that again. but it, it has become such people are locked up they can't buy the next property until they're several so you can't stick your head in the ground and say oh well, no I'm not going to deal with you because you don't have your money ready because mm. you're not going to have a business so so, especially in the last 12 to 18 months, I've noticed that coming through a lot. That, that we're talking to people and they're saying, look, I, I, I don't really have a backup plan between the closure of this sale and going to my next property. So as soon as I go sale agreed, I'm going to be out there shopping and trying to get sale agreed and I'll be quick about it. But you know, I, I can't move. I, and our choice is, well, okay, thanks for being upfront with us. We will likewise be similarly upfront with the buyer of your property. Yeah, yeah. And uh, because there's no point in going sale agreed with someone and then the buyer losing patience because uh, the seller isn't willing to move out or is dragging it out and then the buyer says to you, you didn't tell me that you know she needed to sell. So we find as long as we are up front with people when we're doing a viewing, it's the conversation we probably have at the end of the viewing, we say, look, you know, here's the situation. Um, she selling definitely wants to sell it's gonna move quickly. And do you think that's a that's a, a way you win instructions? Is that part of your business development strategy? If you if you talked about how you instruct your team and yourself and your own professional how do you win the instructions? Where do they come from? Like, how do they realize it's you guys they want to sell with? How are they? How are you guys top of mind? Is it in those meetings where they're viewing a property and you kind of suss that out? We've made a feature just recently on that where it's uh, compulsory now for if they're inquiring to an agent to tell them whether or not they have a property to sell. Yeah, you know. With all so for our end. So far, with all the technology in the world, it's really so far with us. It has been the face to face, doing the viewing, having the conversation, um, letting people look around, and then we have you know we have a procedure at the viewing. We we let people look around, then we talk to them afterwards. We have you know certain bits of information we you know we want to hear in terms of you know finance, where you're based, why you're moving here, how are you equipped, what's your thoughts on the property, and then that conversation then usually leads to. Oh, I have to, you know, um, I have to sell my own, or you know, mm. whatever. So, um, sort of face to face, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's about getting the people to your properties and then using that as yeah. as a tool. I mean, one of the things that Carol and I discussed is one of the pieces of feedback we get from these podcasts is they want to know the nuggets around how you win business. If this is somebody down in Kerry or Cork, um, or Galway, when they're listening in, they want to know how is he doing so well, and how can I copy him? Like, yeah. what are you doing? So. It, what is a success for you guys and has been working really well? I mean, your your video content, the advantage ads, and then face-to-face of what works well on a face-to-face basis. Do you, sorry, in terms of just winning listings. Winning so listings. That, just uh, on that particular point of winning listings, you, like you're doing a really good at chat with selling homes. And in a hot market like that, that's not probably the most acute problem agents are facing. It's stock and winning the next property for the houses. So how are you guys doing that? What is What do you do face-to-face that puts you ahead of the competition? Um, well, <laughs> well, what about giving away? No, 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 it's multi. But well, give away a few things. Yeah, no, no, I'd like to know. It, it yeah. really is multi pronged. I mean, it's it's not one thing. So if it's having it's your brand being visible on visible online, and your website looks good, and your videos look good, and they've got a lot of reach, so they feel like they already know you because mm-hmm. they've seen you there. So picking up the phone isn't as intimidating because they feel like they already know this guy. And then it starts when the phone when they when they ring us like. Thankfully, I have a great. We have a great, There's a great team here, and everyone. We all talk to each other. And Amanda, who mans the phones there, you know, she's on it straight away, locking in that viewing. And um, um, the idea of, you know, 
a new call coming in about a new potential sale, that call needs to be if if I'm not if it's you know it needs to be dealt with straight away. Yeah. And not, and not three three days down the track. Okay. Um, because 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 nobody has <laughs> nobody has any patience anymore. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not the way to do business. So it starts with that lock and locking in that that initial um, that initial marketing market appraisal. Um, not getting too hung up on talking on we can probably come to this but not getting too hung up on talking about fees and commission and, and marketing fees over the phone because because if that happens then you, you never get your foot in the door to, to put a, you know meet the person and have the conversation and tell them why you add more value than the next guy if if you're divulging your I mean if you're posh you'll, you'll say it but if, if, if you're giving your fees away to, all that happens is they don't get the benefit of you coming meeting them, telling them all the different things you can do to get a better price for your property. All they do, all they get is their commission on your marketing fee, and they're going to go off and meet up the next guy who doesn't yeah. do all the things that you do. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the initial. Essentially, point. like people don't want when they're selling their own home, they don't want you know, they want the best service. So it's doing themselves a disservice, like saying how much do you charge, and then just ringing the next auctioneer. They okay. need to figure out who's the best fit for them. Will give them the best result. I think so. I mean, the the analogy I always have, people get fixated on fees. Like the cheapest is not always the best. It's, um, it's um, almost never the best. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they, you get fixated to save four or five hundred, maybe even a thousand, save a thousand euro, because that guy's a thousand euro more than the other guy. But it, but if the other guy who is getting more visibility and going to all these efforts gets just one more bidder from his efforts, that's probably a bit of five thousand euro. If he gets two more bidders. Yeah. You know, you're you're away. So the, the extra five hundred euro, the, even the extra thousand you might pay to me over both the next guy pales into insignificance yeah. uh, when it comes to Don, you've touched on something that we've discussed a couple of times only in the past uh, couple of months with the state agents, and that is around um the the value add. I think estate agents are not as good advocates for themselves and for their mm -hmm. services as they ought to be. And so now that there's so much technology that can be leveraged. I think actually some estate agents maybe are not confident about the offering that they bring to the table. So a little bit like you talked about having the opportunity to present yourself in front of a seller and that now suddenly the conversation goes beyond fees. So what is the value add that you bring? Because yeah. this is a competitive market. Anywhere where you've got a low level of new homes coming into the market, so you're depending on existing homes mm -hmm. in servicing all of the estate agencies in the locality, that makes for a very competitive service. So when you're sitting down in front of a seller, what is it that you bring to the table? Yeah, um, great question. I mean, the pitch at the time is, look, we... we I don't know. I don't know how other agents do, but we, but we we break it down. We we have a marketing fee commission and the bell, what we call the bells and whistles, which is the type of ad that will go up on DAF that we say if it works as standard ad, or you can go with advantage ads on a no sale no fee basis. So I start with the marketing, and so we have three different marketing packs available. And the basic is folding and signs, but most people don't go for that. And then there's a, there's a gold there's a silver pack, which is a lesser version. But look, any house over two hundred thousand, we recommend they go with sort of the gold pack version. The gold pack is well, am I <laughs> the gold, gold pack is yes, okay, it's signs and yes, it's photos and yes, it's drawn photos and yes, it's drawn video. But then it's the long form video I mentioned. It's the coming soon video I mentioned. It's the hook video that I mentioned, which is again a short video, but they're nearly trying to go viral on TikTok with it. And um, not only that, there's the virtual tour, uh, Matterport virtual tour, which we do, and um, floor plans, 
I also explained to them, we'd, we've come up with this idea, it's called um, Final Call Friday, which um, I don't think any, anyone else is doing. Now, I borrowed it, the idea from an estate agent I saw in Australia. It's, it's a timed sale. Now, it's a timed private treaty sale. So so if I get a property of two completed bidders and um, we're already at a price that the seller has told me he's happy with, I would say to him, look, this property, you know, you're already at a price you're happy with. The buyers are looking for a deadline. They don't want this to drift on any longer. So this is suit, you know, this is prime for what's called a final call Friday. So I we we do a little video either on the previous Friday or the Monday, and we say, um, coming to you. We've got final call Friday coming this free this Friday, four p.m. The seller has said he will take whatever's on the table at four p.m. this Friday. That whatever date it is. In the background, we have uh, we have different platforms for our online offers, but we put the clock on. So the clock's ticking down. That's on the social media video. That link to that video gets emailed or, or texted actually these days to to anyone who's inquired about the property, anyone who's looked at the property, and anyone who's been on the property. So there can be no danger of anyone missing out or saying you never told me. So the, the clock's ticking down. Usually what happens, not always, but more times than not, we at about two o'clock on that Friday, there's a flurry of days coming in between two o'clock and four o'clock. Now it is a time sale. It is a timed private treaty sale. We send out the terms and conditions. We explain the difference. We are borrowing the time element from an auction. Now, it is still subject to the weaknesses in the, in the sale agreed private treaty system. But thankfully, um, it has worked really well so far. We see it flushes out those remaining bids, which it's, ex it's actually exciting for us. It's exciting for the seller. I know it's nerve-wracking for the buyers, but they're getting a deadline. So they're not being strung out for, for weeks and weeks ahead. Now it's not for every property. You need to be at a price that you're happy with and, and competing bidders. But Donald, that is a risky manoeuvre. That's a way to antagonise buyers as well. How has that played out for you? Really well, really well, because because most buyers at that stage just want to know when the decisions are being made. In terms of what elements are you adopting from the private treaty and what elements are you adopting from the auction model? So, for example, do you have the transparency of the auction model? where each people is seeing yes. the previous bid. Yeah. So then are you literally down to sniping as in who gets in below the no, wire? Not, so it's not that, in the sense, it's set up so that if someone makes a, a bid at 3.59 p.m., Does it extends. Three before, minutes or before, something? Yeah, three or four minutes. Now look, we are always on the phone in the background, making sure, making like if there's someone overseas, of, you know, we, and yeah. look, we, we do notify people about because you know, check your internet connection, make sure you're on top of it. Because this could happen. But um, it has worked. It has worked really well. <laughs> I, I really, really like the sense of urgency it delivers, you and see, I also like the. I like the it confidence. for sellers. I like it for sellers. I'd be worried for buyers because an that would scare an inexperienced buyer away. And I would love if all first-time buyers have the confidence to go into auctions or best and final bids. Well, I know the yeah. Daft offers product is very similar yeah. to that. Like it's a property treaty yeah. sale, but all the bids are visual. Yeah. And and the agent can close it whenever they like. So yeah. it's it's commonplace, and we've done billions yeah. of transactions through it. But like the way you set it up, I think is really really unique. Yeah. I think it's. I think I, it's, I think sellers would love it. Yeah. Yeah. So sellers do. Um, look, you have now you have to notify people. Uh, explain this. We are borrowing the best parts of the auction. Like mm. it is still a private tree sale and subject to contract and and all of that. But the, look, the, the, from the buyer side, yeah, it, it can be frustrating and nerve wracking. But they're not. There's a deadline there, and I don't. 
once I make, and there's a bit of faith and trust there with the seller, because once I once they commit to doing it, I say to them, look, you know, this is it. You can't change your mind. You know, so there is a bit of trust there. Uh, but thankfully, I have never had a seller who said, oh. I well, I suppose you have the transparency. I suppose I'm probably thinking back to 15, 20 years ago when we had best and final bids right. that were delivered in an envelope to an estate yeah. agent's office and you would arrive with two oh, okay. and three envelopes yeah. and you decide which one based on who you see pulling up outside the office well, that's not so that's really that was something that was a that was not a pleasant experience to be involved it's, in but if you have the transparency I, and, you're, and you're keeping the bids i can see how i think it's a really unique and a really yeah. a, a it's gem interesting. For, for for our listeners a gem but like that's a success story for you I, i'd like to dig in a little bit tell us about something like you, you mentioned Australia there so yeah. tell us a little bit about you and your background and then I'd like to know what hasn't worked so well um, and, and what have you tried to do I might just tell you one other thing okay <laughs> now I'll stop um, we've also and again it's borrowed from an Australian um, not a mentor but trainer whatever and um, it's 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 become more especially as the property as market slows to keep communication with your seller the worst thing is we don't if you don't give them feedback about how did that viewing go what did they say and they're left waiting there uh, for days and then for an update or you know maybe you try to call them you didn't get them or, and you know a couple of days pass so we, we have started and it's, you know it doesn't cost anything else but we now have a dedicated whatsapp property group for every single property um, and on that group is myself and the rest of the team and the seller and i explain that look the minute we finish a viewing you're going to get a voice note saying and um, this is the profile of the buyer this is you know the mortgage approved and the mortgage approved this was some of the comments of the property and a rating out of 10 likelihood to make an offer um, and now that's you know, that's subjective of course but it means they are getting that voice note pretty much yeah communication is really really yeah. key isn't it and and look where it really comes to the fore is if we try and guide the price properly uh, accurately but if it happens that maybe a property has been guided too high um, as long as you've kept the, the communication channels open, that There's conversation no is yeah. becomes a lot easier yeah. in terms of, okay, we need to adjust the price down and here's why. And they would probably already know why because you've been... And this probably brings us back to our, our mutual previous professions whereby communication is absolutely key and delivering bad news was a key part of the job. So tell us a little bit about your background, where you started and how you got to here. Yeah, background-wise, um, yeah, didn't didn't start out in sales. Um, I yeah, tra- trained and I was apprenticed uh, as a, a solicitor and qualified in Ireland in sort of May 2003, worked for about seven or eight months uh, and then headed off, uh, headed off to Australia and took about a year and a half, two years to re-qualify there, Quite re-qualified in 2006. And uh, worked in Australia as a solicitor from basically 06 to 2014, 2015, mostly in Brisbane, but also in Sydney and on the Gold Coast. Um, a lot of commercial litigation, but also both in Ireland when I left and, and, and in Australia, also in property as well, the, the transactional stuff. So thankfully that that exposure, I suppose, to conveyancing in particular, does give you a little bit of a better, better understanding of the conveyancing process. And it's the stuff you can bring across. Well, I'm interested to know how you ended up here and in, in property, like sales. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> to be honest, probably was getting a little bit jaded in law uh, in around that year. Uh, in around well, probably a few years before 2014. What's life without a good life? Good midlife crisis, but. Um, <laughs> Probably was getting a bit jaded with it. Um, I was conscious of 
you know, when you're in Australia, family getting older back here. So there's a couple of other reasons, but um, I wanted a change basically. And uh, I did. I came back here in 2015. Went back and forth a couple of times, um, and then sort of committed then to to sales. This sales, I suppose, my this business has been right in Kingsford since 1973. Um, before that, so my dad, my, my, my dad had, had set up shop here in 1973. He was originally from from Leitrim actually, and then before that, his father, uh, F. T. Keelan, uh, probably started in 1903 or something up and around Leitrim, Sligo, Donegal. So, um, it probably seemed a natural fit uh, in, in the sense that it gave an opportunity to to focus on more, so I suppose, creative avenues in terms of video video marketing and, and bring something different to the table. Um, there was a natural draw there, I suppose, with family, um, and maybe growing up, I would have spent a long time here, so I would have had an understanding of the sales business. And um, well, I can't remember what the third reason it just, was. <laughs> it has a way of dragging you back in, I yeah, think, property as an industry, uh, once you, you kind of touch on a very similar family background, and here we are again sitting across the table, and I work for estate agents now. Yeah. It's just, it, it's, it's, well, funny. Um, my dad, my dad, and I, looking back, I wonder it was a sheer frustration with the conveyancing system because he used to, <laughs> growing up, when you'd be thinking about what career path would I choose, or, uh, you know, he used to say, oh, "Well, solicitors, if you can't beat them, join them." <laughs> and, and I did, and I've been there, and now I'm like, "Okay, well, I understand it, but I think I'd rather be." You're actually uniquely qualified to to kind of comment on the legislation that IPAP are pushing through to kind of speed yeah. up the conveyancing process. What's your What's your take on it? Oh, big fan. You know, yeah, big fan. I would be too. But I, I hope. I, I mean, I haven't been following it too closely, but I, I hope it gets th- gets through. I haven't studied the the, the debates uh, to see what the pushback was against it because it makes complete sense to me. I, I suspect wearing the solicitor hat. That okay, well, somebody's going to have to start talking to the clients about paying money up front to get all this work done up front. It's a difficult problem. Uh, conversation, I guess, and maybe solicitors don't want to have to take that on. I, I'm not, I'm not one hundred percent certain. I can understand why they would be happy to have a system that um, it goes sale agreed, then you take care of the legals, and then it closes because the money, you know, there's a sale already locked. The certainty there, the sale yeah. agreed. So mm-hmm. you know, the solicitors, okay, that bit's done. So okay, I'm taking a risk here. I'm not necessarily getting paid up front for all that, but I'm going to get paid when this sale closes. So now. You know, the property's not even on the market and they have to do all this work up front. But it ha- I, mean, I think it has to change. And I'm delighted that it is likely going to change because it will just speed the thing up so much more. Yeah, and, and in my experience, a lot of good solicitors will take their client instructions and, and, and do that work anyway because they yeah. trust they'll get that sale eventually. Yeah. So it is being done yeah. and like proactive agents are, when a client comes to list with them, have you spoken to your solicitor straight away before we put this on the sale? Is yeah. it something you do? It is, yeah. We so I think we went in and downloaded one of the, the law society practice notes on the documents that are required from the solicitor when the client comes into them first. So we built that into our little um, listing pack. So when I go out there and having that conversation with Fiend and the value of your, of your house, I'm also giving them this list of documents and saying, look, the big you know one of the biggest slowdowns or one of the biggest reasons a sale can fall through is to slow down process anything we can do to get a jump on that sale that process the better so here's a list of documents your sister's going to like likely look for, from you and the biggest thing he's going to the biggest thing that can delay it is getting the title deeds from the bank so please go to your sister now and ask them to get the title deeds request them now because you're already saving yourself 
um, when you assume it's at least two weeks, possibly three months. I, I've heard some horror stories there in time taken to get. Yeah. Um, and actually, in terms of that delay, we also know that that's the the any period of delay increases the likelihood of fall through. Yeah. So actually, by decreasing that that window, you're decreasing the likelihood of fall through as well. And yeah. actually, in terms of that, um, vendors pack. The legislation we very much expect it to be through before the end of this year so i think in terms of best practice we would certainly be encouraging um, estate agents to do exactly as you are doing yeah. advise your sellers that this is required but we would also hope that conveyancing solicitors would take that on board and start to adopt a best practice approach um in preparation for the legislative um approach yeah. that would be required by the end of the year I hope so. I mean, I hope so. I think it revolutionise the whole the whole process. Well, anything to speed it up will be good for everybody involved, every stakeholder. Something you touched upon there is, you know, there are so many stakeholders in a property transaction, and one of the parts I like when I listen into to Carol's podcast is, like, difficult pieces, overcoming objections. Like, how do you handle that internally? Like, either a difficult client, a difficult buyer, you know, a stubborn solicitor. Uh, you know, something goes wrong. Like, how do you handle that? And what have you trained your team and what have you done personally to kind of overcome these things? <laughs> uh, good question. Well, look, I suppose there are different categories there. The easy one for me, I suppose, is, is a difficult solicitor. Um, I, I, was in, I, I was in the game long enough to know when there's a valid reason that something hasn't happened as opposed to when you've been... There's not a bad reason. <laughs> yeah. um, um, you know, and, and I've also learned, I suppose, things as simple as when they say they want to do something, well, can we have a date and a time at least, not a short, because it's a very, very vague definition. Um, th things like that. But, you know, thankfully, the majority, they do their best. They do have a difficult job. And, and I, ha I am a lot more mindful of that, I suppose, in the last few years than maybe I was initially. I was mm. perhaps a little bit gung-ho about chasing, chasing them. Um, so I am, they, they do have a difficult job, um, I appreciate that. Um, but I, and it's not always me making those calls. A man on the team there, she makes a lot of calls to solicitors and she too is mindful of it as well. And, and we have the conversation, we have weekly meetings about how are we going with this property, how are we going with that property, what, why are you, what, I, I think it's an underrepresented um, like, role of the agent. Like you're not really getting paid for doing that that's not you know part of why you sign up to get an agent to sell your property but you guys doing that is kind of going yeah. above and beyond and you find agents doing that quite a lot like. yeah well i look not to be plugging out of it but i, I do have um regina mang in the book there from liberty blue and Waterford. we're a big fan i um, think we will definitely um, <laughs> we'll definitely do a plug to camera since here beside yeah, us so. essential reading for all estate agents in ireland um, Good man, Donald. Yeah, no, no. We're, look, we're, I'm actually my sister met, met her there last week. I think at an iPad event, uh, Rostrum Auctioneer event. So look, we are big fans, and, and I'm not finished the book yet. So, um, but I, I think her, her comment on, on something was, it's not good enough once you go to agree for the the agent to go into witness protection. <laughs> you know, I thought that that summed it up. Yeah. You know, and that is an on um, probably a not recognised part of the job, and perhaps because some don't do it. But I, I think you have to have a disciplined approach to. Once you go say the read, okay, maybe the first week is a little bit much to start chasing, but maybe the second week it's either a call or an email. How are you getting on with that? Where's things at? Is the title leads, you know, are the maps okay? Or, you know, let us know. And then maybe another two weeks touch base. And then as the time, I think, starts to drag on, then that becomes a weekly thing. And look, we don't like doing it, and they probably don't like us to do it. But I think it's necessary to, 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 to get a handle on 
what the delay is, is if there's a delay, if, if it looks like things are going to fall through because of something, is there anything that can be done to sort it out? Um, so at least we know. It's again back to, you know, your WhatsApp group and your and to your clients. It's all communication and keeping that free flow of communication going. Yeah. Um, I have to ask though, why, why a WhatsApp group when we have so many uh, amazing pieces of individual pieces of uh, prop tech and technology there are really good systems really yeah. good messaging systems that allow you to involve your uh, your uh, client and your team yeah why why yeah, WhatsApp? Maybe, maybe we don't know about all that's out there so maybe, maybe that's, that's we just found that it was well what do we use mostly to communicate between ourselves so and what do the clients use to Okay, there's a certain age profile that maybe use WhatsApp more than others, but we found a lot of our clients were communicating was via WhatsApp. If they weren't ringing us, they were sending us. So it seemed like a natural choice, to be perfectly honest. Now, if that changes and it becomes something else, Telegram or something, you know, you know we'll change accordingly. But, but um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see Telegram becoming the the <laughs> not just the, yet the platform of choice, but. You it's never know what I can yeah, very but, um, often, yeah. You know, there's something I'm curious about and I, I you know, I, again when we look at an estate agency, there there sometimes is that focus on more on uh sales, rental, you know, you, you've made the point that that here in Cavan you deal with sales, you deal with rental, but you opt not for property management. Is there a reason behind that? Yeah, uh, look, rightly or wrongly, I suppose we've always thought um the understanding was property management was a sort of a, a low margin high volume business so you need a lot of them to, to make a decent a decent living out of it and um, you also need access to um, a list of tradies or tradesperson that, that that you know are, is going to be there on call to, to come and attend to this so that you're not the one going along and and it just has been very hard to, to secure access even i can see it on relatives properties just getting somebody to come out and take take the time to do something it's just very hard to get someone uh, mm. on a timely basis and yeah. um, so that would have been you know if if there was an apartment block of 100 apartments down the road yeah we, we would be putting a hand up to, and to be fair it makes absolute sense that i think for each uh, estate agency and for every business in respect of the the industry you're in you you look at kind of the natural assets that you have in the locality mm. your natural marketplace and that leads me to maybe an even larger question that I have, given uh, the background from Mart and land sales and agricultural sales, and then seeing areas um, and, and many of the larger towns in Cavan expand, bringing maybe previously zoned uh, agriculture into residential land, the volume of new sales and the transactions coming across in Cavan is still quite poor. So you might just talk to us a little bit about maybe land sales on the agricultural side and then maybe those that may have the potential um, as the marketplace increases uh, for new homes delivery. Yeah, um, look, Kingsford has been very... There's been very little new homes delivery in Kingsford for the last however many. Um, and that is primarily because the value of the house, what they could sell it for, uh, the finish up, um, didn't didn't marry up to the cost of the inputs, I suppose. So what it was going to cost to build it. Now I, I feel like we are on the cusp of that changing, um, but not yet. I still don't think the profit is there for for, for a lot of developers and builders to, to build anyway for the private market. Um, um, there is 
there is finally a new new housing development going up in Kingsford now. Unfortunately, we're not the agent on it. We're still a little bit sore about that, but, but look, um, it is what it is. Um, but I, I, I'm conscious, I think there was probably an approved housing body involved there and, and that money was needed to get that up off the ground, and in which case those houses really, we're not going to be involved with them for, mm -hmm. for a long time to come. And, and, um, and that still seems to be the case. And I, yeah, uh, it seems to be, it's going to be a little while more before it becomes profitable. And look, the viability issue of new, uh, new developments is something we've seen outside of all of the urban centres. And in fact, even on the outskirts of some of the urban centres, um, but a lot of it links back to, yes, there's been government policies and initiatives, um, which have been very welcome on the supply side, but you have to marry that up with demand. And I, I suppose, is there, is, are we seeing the profile of demand change just in light of what you were saying about um, maybe the different demographic that you're seeing post-COVID? Um, uh, look, it, there's a lot of buyers now who can work from home, I suppose. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's the biggest change. And um, like possibly said earlier about, you know, your PayPal's and your Facebooks, and there's a lot of hybrid working um, going on that allows people who are, I mean, they're employers in Dublin, but they can work from home. So, so that's filtered through. Um, um, what else? Yeah, no, I, and these things are welcome, but I suppose uh, when, you are bringing in a different demographic of buyer, particularly those who are still potentially earning a, a capital wage, living in, um, a, but buying a rural home. Does that have a knock-on impact? You know, if we were to start building homes that could cater for people maybe who are on larger Dublin salaries, would that have an impact maybe on the typical first-time buyer and even those trading up and down um, across Cal, um who are earning locally? Would it have an impact on those earning? Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose it would. It might. It may well. You know, if you, if your buyers are quick with a Dublin wage uh, and they're coming down, they're probably pushing some people locally out of the market. Yes. Now, having said that, we are blessed in Kingsford with a few like thriving businesses and um, that go really well, uh, really good employers. Um, so I'm not going to cry poor either because yeah. look, there's a you know there's. There's a bit of money around town, I suppose, in terms of, you know, you have Kingspan's HQs here, the research and development centres here. You know, they have a manufacturing sort of warehouse down the road. You know, they're a big employer. You know, O'Reilly Concrete and their sister company, Barley Stone Paving, Paramount Doors, Kingsford Brick. So there is a lot of local businesses that are going really well. And I, th <laughs> look, I don't know. I think and they pay really do, well There's well. a huge amount of innovation as well. So across off-site and, um, and other modern methods of construction, some of our manufacturers a lot of the talent pool is actually right here in Cavan yeah, so Cavan right, is, yeah. is has become quite a centre of excellence but we just haven't seen maybe some of those off-site and MMC homes being delivered in Cavan in which Cavan. is interesting that's right yeah yeah so look I <laughs> it's probably beyond me to, 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 to the prices to are rising though I, I think the prices here are still very reasonable I mean with the employers in town it's still a good place to live I mean we're up 115% on the trough um, and we're, we're, we're measuring as well the type of properties that are moving through estate agent books and the turnkey properties are moving way faster, they're selling way faster and agencies are starting to consider how long they have a property on their books. Properties that need a bit of work are way slower and it goes back to what you said about property management, it's finding labour yeah. to, to do this so people are more conscious of if it needs a little bit of work I think I might go for something a bit more yeah. finished you know and 
particularly in Cavan and, and Monon and stuff like that, we're seeing that it, it's bearing out in the data. Now, to bring a bit more light to the situation, we're seeing that January was the best ever month in Daft for lead volumes. So like, that's hopefully a sign of things to come, some green shoots for the rest of the year. But like last year, the market had fell, but this year we're seeing a massive increase again. And it kind of links with the customer um, sentiment index done by the credit unions. Um, as that starts to rise, I mean, last year people were worried about a recession and uh, energy costs and, and stuff like this. And that has seemed to have fallen away. And people are secure now and they're thinking of buying, but also thinking of selling because the amount of leads, as we've said, 47% of them are selling at home. So we're really confident that, or we're optimistic that agents will start to see that. And you've, you've kind of said that before we start talking here on camera that you're starting to see change this year and more leads coming on board and more instructions and more valuations. Yeah, I, I look, I think that thankfully it's playing out because I did feel a cool a little bit at the end of, uh, end of last year. But uh, thankfully, you know, we've come back January or we're nearly through February now. And, and I suppose I'm myself becoming a bit more of a better, you know, recording market appraisals and, and numbers and stuff like that. So, you know, there's already, you know, something like 20 foot between land and, and, and residential. I've already done maybe 25 or 30 market appraisals, you know, so far. Now, they haven't all converted to sales just yet because a lot of people are holding back. There's people holding back till April and May. But, you know, if we do our job and sort of keep, keep in touch with them. They, it's a bit of fill in the pipeline. Again, it is, yeah. lined up so that it is, they pull the trigger, they're thinking of you guys. Yeah. And that time between a market appraisal and when they actually give you the instruction, you have to remain top of mind. Yeah. So all of the work that Emma and your team are doing is going to be that. That's when it bears fruit, really. Yeah. Well, it is. It is. And um, on the subject of pipeline, now, and we were talking about maybe race to the bottom and things like that um, in terms of fees. Like we did run a, a deal sort of late December, um, early January, and it was going to be not no fees, but there was going to be zero fees up front. Now we were going to charge the same and say it closed, but you know. That thankfully, you know, four or five, you know, properties have come through those advertising efforts. So at least you come back into January. Yeah. They're already in there and locked in. Um, and, 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 and why did you do that deal? Was that just because of winning that instruction? Oh, look, we probably do it all the, you know, every year maybe now. But um, it was just because I felt November was cooler. Um, mm. And I, I was like, okay, well, you know, you, the, you just want to eliminate the uncertainty, I suppose. So wouldn't it be great to come back in January or, you know, know that we have five, 10, 15, whatever sales up our sleeve or our market appraisals up our sleeve? Wouldn't that be great? How would we go about that? But how, we're not going to do the race to the bottom and say zero percent or, or well, you know, what, what would be a value? Well, okay, they don't have to shell any marketing money up front to us in the beginning. So it, it, that seems like a value to me. Um, you know, they don't have to pay when the sale closes. So, so we ran that and, and yeah, thank you. Look, well, I, yeah, it was successful. Was it a roaring success? Well, probably not a roaring success, but it was, you know, we've, we've gotten a few out of it. Um, and it gives you some peace of mind, lets you sleep at night. I mean, if it provides any comfort at all, we're seeing, as we spoke about, our visibility numbers are through the roof, and that does link with business growth. We're seeing, even in a falling market, some agents growing at over 140% year on year because their visibility is just through the roof. So your marketing efforts will be rewarded later <laughs> in the year, so just bear with it and yeah. keep doing what you're doing and you're going from videos and your beautiful office and, and, and keep Emma employed. Because <laughs> it, it will bear fruit, it does, we see it. I mean, we're a marketing business. 
and you know the marketing intelligence and we go you do your marketing to win the instruction in three months six months time. yeah that's right and, and sometimes that gap between you know when cash flow gets tight you're like is it worth it it really is i mean it it does the the successful agents that we're seeing across our data are the ones that are marketing today for the sale tomorrow yeah whatever that might be you know I think that's a really inspiring message for other estate agents and actually the example that you're setting across social media and with your video first and digital approach mm -hmm. is really impressive. So I hope other estate agents who are maybe a little bit earlier in their in their digital journey take some inspiration from that, you know, in the same way as you've borrowed ideas from, you know, the Australian market that we actually do want best practice to inspire so that all estate agencies around the country can improve and take advantage of the digital tools that are there and I suppose it's great to inspire the industry but maybe a final word that might potentially inspire people who are selling you know in terms of some of the mixed messages out there and media for the rest of 2024 and looking into 2025 what kind of message of hope do you have for the buyers and sellers of Cavan in terms of the marketplace and your expectations? <laughs> well look I, th I think um well, two things, I suppose, the value of the home and, and what they can get. You know, I, I think the values, I think certainly going to, I think values that have been, that price is going to hold, if not increase a little bit further in, in 2024. And um, um, houses that, we have found houses that have B3 energy rating and above sell a lot better and fall more than anything below. So if there's things you can be doing to upgrade your C, from your C1 to your B3 or to a B2, that will pay, that will pay dividends. Um, so um, you know that, that so that's the good news I suppose for sellers you know it's good, the value is holding and probably more increases and, and there are increases forecasted probably more modest but um, than we've seen in the last two years or so but um, so that's that's that um, on the value of your home marketing wise well um, my analogy is is don't be shy don't be shy about about focusing on the spend on marketing because it will pay dividends on, on the flip side the more people that it's the funnel the more people that look at your property the more calls we get the more calls we get the more uh, viewings we get the more viewings the more bids the better price mm -hmm. um, and and what a way of doing that is is is, is really good marketing People spend a fortune doing their car up to put it on done deal to make it look really good, but for some reason they shy away for selling their home that's worth seven hundred thousand euro, and yeah, yeah. it makes a lot of sense to me to spend a little bit more on advertising. Yeah, I suppose that's, that's very good. Donald, thank you so much for allowing us into your offices today. The offices are absolutely lovely. Thank you so much to your team for the hospitality. Um, we really enjoyed. And also, it, it's great to see that Kingscourt is a thriving market town. You know, it, it's great to be here this morning. You've a beautiful cafe next door, lovely bakery across the road, which we've enjoyed. Um, so it, it's always good to take a visit. So thank you so much. That was uh, Donald Keenan and we're here today with the Keenan Auctioneers team um, in Kings Court. A special word of thanks to my co-host Emmett Creighton, Client Partnership Director with DAP.ie, Ireland's most visited property website. And finally, thanks to our producer Katie Tallon and to the production team at Hear Me Roar uh, Media on Sound. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Property Roundup here on iPropertyRadio.com.